All right, here we are, Brittany Carrington, coach extraordinaire. We're on the call tonight with Wrestling Philosophy. Brittany, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? Great, great. So what I wanted to do, I want to give you an opportunity in a long format to tell your story. You're so involved in the sport of wrestling, especially in Ohio, but even at the national level, that, you know, I, I just want to give a format for you to, 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 so that people, when they see you, know who you are, number one, but also um, to tell your story and, and then, of course, be a resource to everybody that might be out there, all right? Sounds good. Okay, so let's start this way. Tell us how you became involved in the sport of wrestling because you actually weren't a wrestler, right? Correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, I grew up in a community that was like a D1 basketball powerhouse community. So I played basketball growing up. That's all we did was just basketball, 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 kind of like it is now with wrestling. But back then it was, you know, basketball or volleyball or both. But for me, it was just basketball, and we did club basketball, um, rec basketball, all the basketball. So back then it was AAU ball, and I traveled all over doing that, and that was kind of my thing. And um, unfortunately, things just didn't pan out for me in high school. I should have been a first-generation uh, collegiate athlete, but the reality was, is like I let an injury and some just real dumb stuff get in the way between me and my goals, and that was to be a collegiate athlete. Um, obviously, had I known now, or had I known then what I know now, things would be different, but wrestling wasn't around. Uh, my high school boyfriend wrestled, and that was the extent of my knowledge. It, it didn't go past that. Um, it wasn't anything but uh, a stat opportunity for women at the time. So that was definitely not an option, but I went on to start my life and left sports in the dust kind of after high school and just turned my back on it. I was honestly kind of mad at sports at that point. I dealt with a lot of burnout. Um, I was a part of the generation that was just crazy about specialization. So once I really decided that I wanted to stick to basketball, that was it. And so it was like 10 years of solid basketball. No, no summers off. You know what I mean? It was just basketball year round, um, year in and year out. So by the time college and, you know, starting adulthood rolled around, I was over it. I was ready to move on, ready to find out who I was as a person and ultimately ended up starting my family. And then when I had my oldest daughter, it's pretty apparent to me that sports would be making a comeback in my life. <laughs> um, I didn't really, I didn't really understand the magnitude at the time, but the reality was is that you know she was super competitive, and I wanted to be back out there with her at any capacity, whatever whatever my kids were interested in. And that just happened to be martial arts and uh, wrestling. So really in order for me to feel comfortable coaching, I felt like I needed um, some of, somewhat of a background like with some sort of grappling. And I happened to be really into jujitsu and June had just started training. So I started training privately a little bit um, with someone that I trusted a lot, you know, uh, someone that I could like, uh, tell about all my worries and my insecurities and I put all that to the side on the mat because I had an instructor that actually cared about my like my emotional relationship with being on the mat versus just another body in the grappling gym you know they really wanted me to fall in love with the sport so I fell in love with jujitsu first when June was really little and um, that just blew over into coaching youth wrestling which kind of snowballed into middle school, coaching middle school wrestling, and then the Greenview High School program, which, as we know, is an incredible program, um, the Southwest Champs, Southwest District Champs this year. So kudos to them for having an awesome, awesome program. But They um, just took, took fourth, right? Fourth at the at state, state tournament, tournament, yes. With only yep. a, a handful of girls going there, total hammers. Yep. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, really, really proud of them. So that was my first pro high school program coaching there. And then um, 
from there, just another opportunity presented itself at CJ Shamana Julian in downtown Dayton, Ohio. So my family relocated back home uh, the first summer of COVID. And it was at that point that I really started like, uh, I guess, branding myself and looking for um, other opportunities. And that's when CJ knocked on my door and that really um, led to more opportunities being back home in Dayton. My family's from Dayton. So coming home was really big for me, having that support to uh, really get some work done here locally. And so uh, once I moved home, that kind of just led me to um, more like grassroots type of coaching, I guess you want to say, just really looking at how I can reach and access more girls that don't have the opportunity to be involved with wrestling in Dayton, Ohio. Um, it was really alarming to me that like being in a city that I had so few coaches in the suburbs supporting wrestling, like even on the 675 loop, there's only a couple of coaches that are really, really supporting women's wrestling. And you can see them because they're at the state tournament. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so just looking at how I can reach even other local coaches and how I can just like you, we were talking about earlier, spreading the good word and women's wrestling is awesome and it's here to stay. So I've kind of been on a mission of that since I moved home to Dayton um, through my own high school program, our own club, through beach wrestling. Um, the Sinkston Ohio efforts really took off in the last 18 months. Vanessa Oswald and Brian doing an incredible job up in Columbus, just really hammering down all those fine details for the last year. I mean, it's been nothing but meetings and uh, just threading that needle and trying to get the movement going in the right direction and having to deal with all of us angry coaches, you know what I mean? Like I can't even imagine what they went through, but just really trying to get my hands involved with a lot of these um, efforts here in Ohio. So that's the kind of the quick rundown of how I got involved. So from where I sit, right, there's the culmination of all these efforts and, and you, you really, you really, just kind of glossed over the nitty gritty of the angry coaches and all that kind of stuff. The thing that I've seen, it, and it's been cool because I'm, I've got a front row seat to all this. I really do. Um, I don't, I don't know the dirty details, but I know the emotion and the goal, the end goal was always in mind. It didn't matter the politics. It didn't matter. Like you said, the dirty details of the angry coaches or, or the, this or the, that, um, the sanctioning of Ohio happened because the end goal was in mind. And you mentioned Nicola and Vanessa, and they've been on wrestling philosophy before, but it's people like yourself and others that many, many others that, that we can't name that that end goal just ended up in the sanctioning. And, and to me, as a, as a fan, if I, if I take my, um, you know, my, my little role um, here in Ohio off, but just as a wrestling fan, it's like, why wouldn't this happen, right? Oh, I know, right. Yeah, why wouldn't we share this with half of our population? I, I always go back to that, like, um, and even when I tell my new girls, imagine if there were never, ever women's basketball. And if we were the first time that we were experiencing women's basketball, what that would be like for us as a whole, like, we already love it as a sport to watch our male counterparts do it, but what about us? Um, so that's, I always go back to that with wrestling. Like, why would we, why would you as a male not want to share that with your female counterparts? You know, it's, it, it almost becomes offensive when like you guys also don't want to share this. If it's that great, then why don't you want us to experience it as a whole? So uh, I've got, I've got a daughter that's that's older than the boys, and my boys wrestled. They're the ones that turned me on to the sport. My daughter's older. She's a year older than my oldest boy. And she was drugged around to all the wrestling uh, tournaments. And she's a wrestling girl. She loves it. Yeah. But you know what? She never stepped foot on mat. And, and now I know, and I look back and I go, she probably would have been pretty good. And that, yep. it just, it wasn't in the culture. It wasn't in... You know, we didn't we just didn't introduce girls to the sport back, you know, 20, 20 years ago. And same look how far it's come. It was the same exact thing for me. And 
And I can even remember, um, like I mentioned, my high school sweetheart, it, uh, I would have never dreamt of joining the team with him ever. I mean, it wasn't even on the table, anywhere close to being on the table. I wouldn't have even thought about it. But you could be a stat. You could be a yeah. team manager. Uh, right, right. And, but now I can't. I can't imagine there not being girls wrestling. It, it's just come so far. It's the pendulum swung so far. Right, right. And you, and you have a lot to do with that. So so let's talk about your role at the state level. You know, you, you, you mentioned your, your local coach there in Dayton and still actively trying to grow that, that um, program, right? Yep. Um, yep. And recruiting and doing everything that we hear that – you know, wrestling philosophy in Ohio, Matt Media, we try to tell the story of how can a coach at the high school level grow their girls program. And 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 we don't necessarily have to dive into that right now. We can. Um, but at the at the state level, you've you've really just I mean, your trajectory, you, you talked so quick, but it, it went like this. And yeah. now you're involved at the state level, obviously, and beyond. So tell us what what you do at the state level for wrestling in Ohio. Yeah, for sure. So back to when I moved back home to Dayton, um, I knew I had a feeling that things were about to take off. You know, we all knew that sanctioning would be happening within a year, two, tops, three years. And three years goes by really fast in the sport. And during that time frame, um, and I think we talked about this on a previous interview, but I received a grant from NWCA to go to the Leadership Academy. And it was during that time I was there at the Leadership Academy. I was there with uh, Randy Miller, Lee Janes, um, Charlotte Fowler, Paulina Biega, um, just all these crazy heavy hitters from women's wrestling, like a D1 women's coach, Randy Miller, an Olympian, um, world medalist Lee Janes. I mean, just crazy. Going there, I knew it would be special, but I didn't know it would catapult my career like it did. And one of the things Mike Moyer just reiterated over and over and over, especially to the women's coaches there, if it's not you, then who is it? And that question resonated with me so much while I was in Baltimore. Um, that's kind of where the recruiting thing idea just came out of nowhere. I came home from the convention and I was like, this is crazy to me that nobody has any resources for women's wrestling recruiting unless they're paying for it. And nobody was out there helping these families get involved with co colleges. Nobody other than the families themselves and so many of them don't know anything because they're first generation kids um, or they don't even know how to walk through FAFSA or anything about any of it. I mean, people are literally clueless and um, I was just seeing it left and right. And I knew that I didn't have all the answers, but I knew that I had the energy to find them out. And that's what motivated me to just put all those puzzle pieces together with the recruiting piece and really start um, working on that Facebook group. And I already had a lot of the connections. I already knew a lot of the coaches, but it really kind of brought it all together where I was able to actually help people with the networking. Like it was one thing to do the networking and meet all these people. Okay, great. Yeah, I can get my girls from my high school into these schools, but it's not just about my girls in my high school. So the recruiting thing really came into fruition within the last 18 months since I moved home. And um, that has just led to other opportunities, you know, like we were talking about with the state. And when I went to uh, the Wrestle Like a Girl Gala in Colorado, we had the state meeting that same weekend. And I didn't think that I would be able to get on the call to participate in the meeting. And when I did, um, our women's co-director just kind of said, hey, we were talking about you being on the ballot for the beach director. 
And um, I got to give my elevator pitch in 30 seconds. He called me up and said, you weren't on the call. We want to talk to you. We want to hear what you're about. So I kind of gave my elevator pitch and uh, they voted on the beach director right there while I was in Colorado Springs for the Wrestle Like a Girl Gala. So I found out there that I was voted as the beach director, um, which was really cool because that was right after we got back from Romania, um, probably only two, maybe two or three weeks after we got back from Romania. And um, Romania, I don't know if we talked about that. but no, let, me, let, me, let me stop you there. Before we go to Romania, because that's a great story that I definitely want you to tell, I want to back up higher level because my hope is that that parents and wrestlers are going to listen to this podcast and they might not even know that beach wrestling exists. Mm -hmm. So let's back up a little bit higher level and say, wait a minute, <clears throat> let's count it off. Folk style. Yep. Make it elementary. Folk style is, is the number one by far in the States in the United States by far um, popularity wise. It's what's done in high school. It's what's done by the way. It's important to, to point out. It's what's done it for girls wrestling in, in, in high school. Yes. Um, Correct. And, and I don't want to get off on a tangent too much because uh, I want to go back to my other points, but the reason why that's done in my opinion is because it allows um, an easy transition for coaches in the same wrestling room, girls can come into the room. We can teach the same folks to, uh, the same style instead of pushing them off in the corner and saying, you got to learn leg laces and all that kind of stuff. So back to my point, we got folk style, we got freestyle, mm -hmm. which is the Olympic sport. Everybody knows about the Kyle Snyders and the David Taylors and, and yep. all those guys that are our USA, you know, heroes for, for going off to the Olympics. And then uh, Greco-Roman, which is huge. Yep. Um, it's the original style of wrestling, right? Goes yep. way back to the old days. And, um, you know, again, not not to be too personal, but I want to see us win Greco-Roman titles just like I, I want to see us win freestyle. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And, and then girls girls wrestle freestyle. Maybe one day they'll wrestle Greco-Roman. There's, there's word of that. Yep. Um, and then, of course, there's other styles of wrestling, belt, yep. which not, not many people know about. Belt wrestling is wild. I I witnessed my first belt tournament while we were there in Romania. So we'll we'll go back to that, but it is definitely interesting. Let let's not go back to that because I don't want to confuse people too much. Let's get to the point. Uh let's talk about sand wrestling. Okay. Yeah, so that's like um like you said you've got folk style, freestyle, greco and then we have beach wrestling and a lot of people don't know that under the USA Wrestling umbrella, we have Associated Styles. And Associated Styles is like its own little world. And like you said, we have beach, belt wrestling, and grappling. And I think grappling is separated now. But um, beach wrestling is absolutely awesome. Uh, there is a flow wrestling piece with Mike Mao. He does like a really short clip, and it explains the rules just a quick rundown. Um, that is one of my favorite things to watch for new people that want to get into it. So if you're listening to this, check out the Mike Mal clip. Um, it's really easy. It's a three-point tech fall, uh, three-point feet-to-back takedown. So if you do like um, a suplex, anything, head and arm, anything like that, three points ends the match. Mm. A regular takedown, one point. A push out one point so you need two push out points and one takedown you win the match and then um it ends in three minutes it's a one three minute period match that's it so it's a really cool fast pace looking for big moves um i'm really confident that it's going to be an olympic sport by 2028 it's gaining popularity really quick a lot of the marketing people in sports are saying that like sand sports are going to be the big trends coming up uh, over the next five or 10 years. So, you know, like beach volleyball, um, beach soccer, and, all that stuff is really growing really fast right now. And you're not just saying that you you've heard that you've been, you've kind of been, like you mentioned, you were in Colorado Springs. So you know that this is a push from USA wrestling to try to make sure that the infrastructure is there that if and when it happens that we're going to be on the you know on the, the winning end of, of these gold medals right 
oh yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. That's what we're gearing up for right now. That, um, and I believe that that's part of my job with USA wrestling is to really grow the cadets and juniors. That's where my responsibility is. I feel like to USA wrestling, uh, especially with USA wrestling, Ohio, I feel like I'm going to be bringing a large group of Ohio girls to these world championships. And I'm confident that the first gold medal will come out of Ohio. That's my hope and my dream is that we get the first cadet or junior gold medal out of Ohio. So that's kind of where like um, my my motivation and my responsibility lies is to Associated Styles and Beach Wrestling because if we don't start developing our cadets and juniors now, everywhere else in every part of the world is developing beach wrestling. The Europeans, I, I hate to use this phrase, but they demolished us in Romania. You know what I mean? Like their, their hand fight is so different and so nitty gritty compared to ours. Um, it really made me change the way that we hand fight in the room and the attention to detail that we focus on the hand fight. I don't know if um, other parts of our country are focusing on hand fighting like the Europeans are. But if you're not, you're going to miss out on it when you go over to Europe and you wrestle because they were just setting stuff up that we're not even used to defending here. Um, so I know we have to develop it. You know what I mean? Like if if we just sit on our hands and don't develop our cadets and juniors, then when that Olympics come in 2028, we won't be prepared at all. Uh, so that's kind of my big goal is just to develop cadets and juniors, especially here in Ohio and um, just continue making that push for that. Because like you said, a lot of people don't know about beach wrestling. They don't know that it's gaining popularity. Um, they don't know that it's creating opportunity. And uh, I think we talked about this a little bit before, like the, the qualifiers here in America, there's like 24 to 48 empty spots. And I am just begging for girls to come fill those spots or boys even, you know? Um, and, I'm not, I'm not able to fill the spots. So it's, it's definitely a catch 22, but it's, it's definitely gaining popularity. The publicity that we received when we went to Romania was huge. Um, so many college coaches following along to what was going on in Romania, so many different media outlets. Um, it, it was just really incredible that what that first trip did for our whole group. So if I think about the men for a second, and I think about cadets and juniors traveling the world, and I know that that's taken off over the last 10 to 15 years. It wasn't long ago that we the cadets didn't even, they didn't even travel. I mean, you made a cadet world team and you didn't go anywhere. So my hope is obviously that translates into, into girls. Um, but, but if I think about what you're saying, and I think about opportunity, which is a word you just used, you know, a minute ago, um, 40 to 20, what did you say? 40 empty spots. Yes. These guys that I think about that, you know, off the top of my head, you know, the, the, the Dom Demises of the world and, and the, and, and the, the guys that as a cadet traveled to countries that are known for wrestling, you're telling me that there's opportunities for girls to wrestle overseas in a country that they would have never dreamed about going to for wrestling, right? Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. And that was like, honestly, that's kind of how I fell in love with it. We just on a whim went to a qualifier last year. I believe it was last summer. We went to Jacksonville, Florida, and they just happened to have the um, beach national championships had been moved there from North Carolina previously. And I was already taking a dual team. So I naturally made all the girls sign up for the beach tournament. I'm like, we have to do this, right? And that day it was like 95 degrees, hottest crap outside. Um, absolutely just sun blazing on everything. You know, we just were lobsters by the end of the day, but we had so much fun. I think we had more fun at that outside tournament than we probably had at any other wrestling tournament. You know what I mean? Like everyone was happy. Everyone would go run off into the ocean after a win or even a loss. Like they didn't even care if they lost because they just ran into the ocean. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so we went to Jacksonville. 
a bunch of the girls placed and won. And it was there that I met Gary Abbott and Ed Duncan. And Gary Abbott is the man from USA Wrestling. I don't I don't even know what better way to describe him other than if you see a publication from USA Wrestling, it's probably from Gary Abbott. I mean, he writes like everything for USA Wrestling. He knows all the people. He knows all the stats. I think he's a walking encyclopedia, actually. I, he, he's incredible. So I met him down there at Jackson, in Jacksonville, and he kind of like pushed the envelope a little bit down there in Jacksonville. He kind of he kind of pushed me um, to start rallying the troops and seeing what I could do to get a group together for the World Beach Championships in Romania. And at the time, I thought, well, there's no way. I'm going to be able to get anyone to go. And then I have to sell beach wrestling on top of it, right? And I don't even know who I can sell beach wrestling to other than my own children. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to buy this? Well, obviously, I get Isabel involved. Um, Isabel being my oldest daughter, who was the sophomore. And Zoe Hussar, who was basically like another daughter to me. She's wrestled on my dual teams for years. Um, love her to death. And she was one of the national champions of the beach wrestling tournament down there in Jacksonville. By so, the way, she just won another state title too, right? Yep. 145. In Ohio, right? Yep. yep. She's our 145 pound state champ yesterday. So she's like, yeah, we'll be there. Mom, mom's on board. Um, and then I kind of start putting my feelers out there because the way it works is we take oh, we only take four weight classes and we can take up to three wrestlers per weight class. So that would be 12 for cadets, 12 for juniors, and then boys and girls. So 24, four, we could take up to 48 youth wrestlers essentially. Well, there's no way I was obviously going to fill that goal. I just wanted to be able to take a group. And I started kind of going through um, like some of my old dual teams and just thinking of people that I knew that were looking for opportunity. And one of those people happened to be Lily Luft. And if you do not know the Luft family, you need to know the Luft family. They're one of the most incredible stories out of Iowa. And Rob, if you haven't had the chance, you definitely need to Google this family. Um, Lily really embodies wrestling to the core. Uh, she wrestles in honor of her brother. Hmm. And her story is just absolutely incredible. And when I reached out to her mom, I think it even, I even included like, this sounds crazy saying this, but do you want to go to the other side of the world and wrestle in the sand, you know, for Team USA? And she's like, wow, that is kind of crazy, but we'll think about it, you know? And they actually um, got back to me and agreed to go on the trip. And Lily Luft would go on to place fifth in the World Beach Championships. Um, so... Didn't, didn't she just win a state title in Iowa? She won the Iowa state title at 130 pounds. Um, so just some really heavy hitters. And then we had Bella Hoffman from North Carolina or South Carolina. I'm sorry, Bella. Don't, don't shoot me for that one. Actually, I think it's South Carolina. Um, and then another – she's another state hopeful. I don't think they've had their state championship yet. But uh, another incredible athlete that went on the Romania trip – and um, I think it really changed all of their lives, if I'm going to be honest with you. The international travel and bond is so different. You can tell with the senior level athletes that travel internationally, you can tell that they're on a different level um, just in their minds and together as a sisterhood. It Being over there in Romania was so different than our culture and having to adjust to that on the fly with a group of teenage girls, it, it's unreal. You know what I mean? They're going to remember that forever. And I guess that's really why I'm so hooked on beach wrestling is because that would have never happened inside a gym. We would have never looked out over the Black Sea after those 
matches and thought, wow, this is incredible. Like that's the black sea. Um, Didn't you? Okay. So, so it was June. Was it June or July that you were there? We didn't go to Romania until September. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so September. So back up a minute, you were in Jacksonville and it was 95 degrees. Yep. <laughs> what was the weather like? What was the weather like on the shores of the Black Sea in September? Totally different. So this is really funny. We obviously followed the weather for quite a while leading up to it. And we're following the weather, following it, following it. And it's like predicting it to be 70 to 80 degrees. We're like, okay, cool. We can deal with 70 to 80 degree weather. That'll be actually probably perfect. Um, especially if it's like up upper 70s, you know. The closer we got, right, those last couple weeks, it just dropped and dropped and dropped. And finally, we go to leave, and it's, like, rainy and high of, I don't know, 58 or something on the day that the cadets wrestled, which was the, the first day of the tournament. And sure enough, it was cloudy, cold, um on the ocean so it was windy i mean these girls were warming up in like full winter outfits and then pulling it all off wrestling putting it right back on trying to keep their body heat up it was unreal so that that's kind of the other crazy aspect of beach wrestling is i think i went into it not realizing that it was like a level of toughness that people do not get i think they think it's like a frilly part of the sport or something, or like, I don't know, but they do not know how tough it is to wrestle in cold weather in the sand, have your face bashed in the sand over and over, you know, um, it was just next level, next level focus. Like these girls had to focus so much, um, just to, like I said, keep their body heat up, maintain that composure while being on a beach in a foreign country, while nobody else is speaking your language. Um, it was just next level. And you had tra you had travel difficulties, right? I mean, what it's not from here to Romania. It's not like you know I can hop on a plane tomorrow and be in South Florida, you know, or or maybe two planes and be in Southern California. Yep. You had travel difficulties. Uh, California just sounds like a breeze now compared to go into Romania. But I also learned a lot. So it was one of those things, like once I learned the lessons, I don't think we'll ever make those mistakes going to Europe ever again. And especially so many of those mistakes were like um, COVID PCR testing mistakes that you just really don't have any way of finding out unless you know it's going to happen. And if you don't know what's going to happen, then how would you ever find, you know what I mean? Like, I think I was asking all the right questions and doing everything I could. It, we made a mistake of like two or three hours, you know, um, and it cost us a day of travel and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Thankfully, the wrestling community is awesome and rallied behind us uh, to support us financially during that time because the PCR testing in Chicago was like 225 or 250 a test. And you have to have them. You know what I mean? Like at that time you had to travel with them. So we were all kind of subject to that. And then the delay. So the delay cost us, we initially had like a day and a half buffer between weigh-ins and the delay caused us to get in. Uh, I want to say we got into the hotel and settled at like 10 PM. And then Isabel had to wrestle the next morning. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It, and then not only was it the flight, but it was the flight to Germany and then the a layover and then a flight to Romania. And then once we got into Romania, we had to drive three, three or so hours to the coast, which was the craziest experience of my life. So, you know, it was just it was just a whirlwind of emotions. But now that we've done it once, I'm pretty confident that all the future trips will be way easier. All right, so let me simplify this because, because I, I don't want any of this to get lost on anybody that might be watching this. You're a coach from Dayton, Ohio. You, 
you know, you're certainly driven and are, are fantastic at where you're headed and what you want to do for the sport of wrestling. But you have under your umbrella the ability to get a girl that possibly could be a second or third year wrestler off her couch and travel the world. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, you really are. I mean, if these girls are driven and motivated enough and they're willing to work hard and uh, make some of those sacrifices to really wrestle at that level because it's going to take extra work. I mean, we can all, um, you know, say a first-year wrestler can do it, but they're going to have to work really, really hard. And if they want to work really hard and put in the effort, it's game on. I mean, the sky is the limit. There's so much opportunity out there, more than just beach wrestling um, or wrestling under my umbrella. There, there's so much, like you said, freestyle Greco. I just had a coach reach out to me last night from uh, here, Southwest Ohio, you know, and it was, hey, coach, I'm getting ready to start Greco. I would love to get girls involved with Greco. Well, imagine if we had a whole pot of girls in Ohio that started training Greco, what that would do for our throws, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's all it's really going to take is just, one, the athlete's, uh, you know, initiative to want to do better. If they're a second or third year wrestler and they want to be traveling across the world, then they can travel across the world and wrestle. Um, but they just, the opportunities out there and that's like me and you are trying to get the word out and spread the word that these opportunities exist. Uh, unfortunately there just isn't as much like media coverage for girls opportunities as there is for guys. So these podcasts and these calls don't happen as often, but yes, there are empty world team spots. We need beach world team members. Um, there are local gyms that will train you with freestyle Greco beach. I'll train down you know down here in southwest ohio with beach wrestling so the opportunities exist it's just um we need more people like me and you that are willing to uh sacrifice our free personal time to spread the word and just kind of get the information out there in the appropriate uh hands okay so as i get older and lazier one of my bucket list items is to go to greece is it possible for me to put a, a a camera on my shoulder and accompany anybody to Greece anytime soon? <laughs> so the really cool thing is um, when UWW really made this push for beach wrestling, they developed this Beach World Series. And the Beach World Series has like four or five different stops all across the world, and it is a point scoring event um, that leads up to the beach, the finale. And last year it was in Romania, which is why we took uh, our whole congregation there. So we went to that because they also had cadets and juniors. And this year, one of the other stops on the Beach World Championships is called the European Championships, and that will be hosted in Katerini, Greece. So I'm really hoping to take a cadets and juniors group to uh, Greece this year. And that is going to be awesome because I don't think we've ever taken, taken a group to uh, the European championships. Um, I think we've only ever been at that, that last finale stop on the tour. Um, so this year, we'll, we're going to try to add another stop for cadets and juniors, which would bring us up to two international trips. Um, and then there's other opportunity, too. I have people from Barbados and uh, Puerto Rico. Um, there's just beach wrestlings popping up everywhere, kind of like women's wrestling. So the opportunity is just going to keep expanding and keep growing. But yes, Greece is definitely on our, uh, our list this year looking to go there and back to Romania. So those will be our two big stops for the Beach World team. So cadets and juniors, if you're listening and you want more opportunity, um, hit me up. Greece and Romania are waiting for you. Travel the world, wrestle, do what you love. Mm -hmm. and, and this comes from somebody that's in our own backyard in Ohio that's willing to go the extra mile for you. So 
the opportunity, I mean, the opportunity, the word opportunities come up, you know, a dozen times in this podcast already. So I can't believe that there are people out there that are, there are parents and, and especially wrestlers out there that don't realize what they have in front of them. How do we, besides, you know, media and, and, and this kind of thing, how do we provide opportunities at tournaments, at um, events? How do you, how do we provide opportunities for the parents, for the wrestlers to come up and say, I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to go to Greece or I want to try sand wrestling or I want to be recruited to wrestle in college. How do we do that? To be honest, I think I'm reluctant to say this, but I think we're doing a bad job of it right now. Not really a bad job, but it's not a collective effort. Like um, Jeff Martin does an incredible job with Ohio National Girls Team page, and he has always done a wonderful job with that, but he's only one person. And like me, there's only one of me that can share the information about beach wrestling um, or really make a push for that. And if I'm the only one making the push for it, it's hard because sometimes I sound like a crazy person when I'm telling a random stranger about beach wrestling, you know what I mean? Um, so really what I, I think it's going to take is people like you and media outlets people that are really willing to sit down and talk about the sacrifices that this is going to take for everyone to get on board and what we can do collectively as a community to facilitate some of those needs, like um, with college recruiting and stuff like that, that has to be like a community effort. And uh, I'm desperately in need of more people to help me help local coaches, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, um, some of these local coaches don't realize how easy it is to get girls into the doors of colleges, especially like some of these um, junior college programs and even like smaller D3 NAIA schools. They're begging for athletes. And if we're not asking, hey, do you want my brand new uh, senior, then they're never going to know that we have the brand new senior. So just a lot a lot more collective um, effort, you know what I mean? Getting together, working together as a group. I really like all these like think tanks that have been happening lately to get the job done. Um, there are a lot of hands on deck with Wrestle Like a Girl in Sanction, Ohio. There's probably 20 or 30 of us that worked on that project, you know? And then same thing with Ohio State. Um, we have people all the way at Columbia University in New York City helping us on that project. So... Uh, just a lot more collective effort, a lot of think tanks to get the ball rolling. I don't know if that's what it's going to take with the recruiting piece, but a lot of these girls are missing out on opportunity. I think we we talked a little bit about numbers. There were 800 and I think 50-something girls um, that were alphaed in the state of Ohio. And so in my opinion, that's 850 athletes that should be going off and being collegiate athletes you know, college athletes. And it's my job to take care of that as CJ. But I also want to help other coaches that maybe don't know about these opportunities and uh, experiences that exist. Like, um, I don't know her name, but the girl that won the 155-pound weight class, she's from Cincinnati, Walnut Hills. Mm -hmm. and Aaron uh, Martin. Aaron yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I didn't know, I had never, I didn't meet her last year, didn't know about her last year. So I just got to talk to her family yesterday about beach wrestling and we train really close to where she's from and I didn't know her. Um, so just kind of bridging the gap on some of, some of this communication, trying to support Jeff Martin more maybe and um, figuring out how we can get the word out about collegiate opportunity is going to be the next big push for sure. Yeah, so so there's a couple things there, Brittany. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm not gonna bore you with my background, but I'm I'm not a wrestler. I love the sport. Obviously, I'm I'm all, I'm all in on the sport. Got it. Got in tune with the sport when my boys were coming up through over the last 20 years um, when they started when they were little. But if there's something I could do, I would blast double the coaches that are male 
coaches for, for the boys programs that haven't yet, number one, started a girls program, number two, realized the, the, the potential of starting a girls program. And, 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 and trust me, the blast double wouldn't get very far. My point is these guys, and, and here's the thing, the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm smart enough to know that the resources are limited. You know, the ones that have, the coaches that have grasped girls wrestling understand this and they've now branched out. They have assistants. They have they have head coaches of the of the girls wrestling program, and it won't be long. I know it'll catch up very quickly. But when it comes to opportunity, when it comes to opportunity, every time I get a NAIA uh, Division three coach on the other side of my camera. I am asking them about opportunity. And I think back to my children, my kids, my boys, when they were wrestlers and they thought that their, their choices were limited. But the truth of the matter is, if you are a wrestler in Ohio, especially, you have so much opportunity. You can go wrestle in Michigan. You can go wrestle in, in, in Ohio at Tiffin. You can do all kinds of things, and you can gain you can gain a, a an education from it, a, a diploma from it, whatever, all in the name of wrestling. And so many parents don't understand that it's right in front of them, and all they have to do is grasp it. The next question is, what do they need to do? We are here to provide the resources for them, but let's get the opportunity. Let's get the let's get the word out, right? Yeah. And, it's right there. We see you and I see so many coaches walking um, yesterday at the state tournament and the day before coaches walking alongside of the mat that if I back up and I say, if, if that coach from that institution was walking the mat recruiting my son, I'd be, I'd be, I would, I would be amazed. But so many parents up there in the stands have no idea who that coach is or, or mm -hmm. why, what the opportunity is. Right. So many people don't realize that they're like, I've seen a college coach at every tournament I've been out this season. No I've doubt. Never, I've never, and out of all the time I've coached uh, high school boys wrestling, I've never met a college coach. Maybe actually take it back. One time I met an Ohio Wesleyan boys coach at a Beaver Creek tournament. That was it. Out of all these years that I've coached boys wrestling, never, never have I seen um, a men's coach. And every single tournament this winter, there's been a women's collegiate coach at a tournament that I've been at. And another big thing is, like, uh, I don't know if it's just, like, word of mouth is really this big or or people just aren't doing a lot of research. But people really think that maybe there's only, like, one school in the tri-state that offers women's wrestling. Like, for example, Tiffin, um, I hear a lot, well, like, isn't Tiffin the only program in Ohio? And Tiffin is not the only program in Ohio. And no. um, Indiana Tech is not the only program in Indiana. And then same thing with, like, Kentucky and Campbellsville. You know, there's two really good programs in Kentucky. And then there's multiple programs in Ohio. Um, and then multiple programs between Illinois and Indiana. And then you add in PA. And, it, I mean, the ju it just compounds. The list compounds. And there's multiple multiple in every single state. So we, like I said, collectively have to do a better job of talking about these schools, being a good steward of the sport. So much of this is being a good steward of the sport. I don't know how many times I meet high school girls and they don't have any role models in wrestling. I'm like, you're a wrestler and you don't know who our gold medalists were. You don't have role models. You know what I mean? Like, you should have a coach as a role model. Like when I was growing up, I loved Pat Summit. I would watch Tennessee basketball games just to watch her coach, you know? Um, so we all just have to do a better job being stewards of the sport, pushing role models, pushing colleges, and not with bias, just with, like you said, um, just pure uh, – growth, you know, wanting to grow the sport. So 
that's just where my focus has been the last 12 months is really like dissecting where we're failing this next generation. Because the reality is the numbers are growing so quick. If we don't figure out how to meet these girls where they're at and get them into college, we're not going to have anyone to fill these roles when there are dozens of college coaching jobs open and they're all being failed, filled with men. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now is uh, most of the positions filled are filled with men. They're very I, few. I, women. I, th I think, I think that's going to change soon. I think it'll change soon. I think that, um, you know, I like to give credit a little bit more to ADs at the next level. I think they see the change. They also understand Title IX. They understand all that kind of stuff. They, they get it. But um, I also know that even in, in Ohio, in the girls' coaching ranks, um, you've got – I hate I, – I don't want to say figureheads because you've got the, the boys' head coach that's still heavily involved in the girls' programs yeah. because they care. Um, but you have a female coach not really even behind the scenes anymore because this is Ohio. We're sanctioned now. We're, we're getting – Moving forward. But, yeah, my point is that all of that is, I mean, just just watch. I mean, you, you know, mm -hmm. Oswald, you've got all, all of these coaches, uh, Terry Waller over in, in Marysville. She's all of these coaches are going to be coming up through females. And, and that's going to change, I think, rapidly. And it's going to filter all the way up. Yeah, I agree. We're definitely going to see that pendulum swing. Um, I I guess I just want us to really push these girls into those positions too. Like um, we want them to go be educators so that they can go coach and we want them to um, come back into the school system so they can fill those high school roles. And we want them to be, you know, getting sports management degrees so they can be ADs, you know, and really change the landscape for all girls, not just wrestlers, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's no exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. All right, so let's do this. Let's transition back into recruiting. I want to talk about Recruiting 101, the Facebook page, but those resources where there's this open forum mm -hmm. that anybody, oh my God, I see hits every single day on your page. And it's and it's so cool. It's it's from you know a parent that's you know in a different part of the country to a coach that can actively just answer that question. And it's it's relatively unknown. You've got like 800 members in the group right now. Yeah. I think it needs to be 8,000 or even 80,000. Let's get this thing blown up because it's an open forum resource for, for parents and wrestlers out there. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone through and counted or anything, but I want to say we have over 50 college coaches somewhere in that uh, neighborhood, in that group. And... The cool thing is, is they're from all different divisions. I have uh, junior college coaches, NAIA coaches, uh, D1 coaches, uh, D2, D3, just the whole, I got everyone in there. So um, there is a wide variety of answers, a wide variety of knowledge. And like you said, it's a an open format, free resource. Anyone, anyone can come and join as long as they you know, are involved with women's wrestling here in America. Um, and there's no such thing as a stupid question. I no. see it. And and trust me, I'm a, I'm a dumb guy. <laughs> there's parents are just like, I have no idea what to do. Or other parents are like posting pictures with credentials of, you know, she's a, you know, two-time state placer mm -hmm. or, or state champ and just trying to get the word out there. And it's an open forum for that. It's wrestling. Recruiting 101 on Facebook, right? Yeah, uh, Women's Wrestling Recruiting 101. Women's yep. Wrestling Recruiting 101. Got yep. it. Yep. Okay. And, um, like you said, it's it's just a wealth of information. I'm trying to add to it as much as I can, you know, within my time constraints. But um, so far, I'm really – at first I thought, is this thing even going to take off? You know, like – is this, is this going to be a thing or am I just going to watch this flop and it's going to be a waste of my time? But within, I don't know, a few weeks, there were hundred hundreds of members and it's just been a steady uh, increase ever since. And like you said, we're pushing a thousand now, but 
Um, I'd like to see that, like you said, multiple thousands, reaching multiple thousands of people because um, 800 people need the group just here in the state of Ohio. So I can't imagine uh, how many thousands of people need those resources. I do. Ha I am linked up with a couple other groups that, uh, you know, support me or whatever. But other than that, there there's really no other resources I don't think that are um, involved with women's wrestling recruiting, you know, focused on that. So definitely if you're listening to this, get on there, add the group, post your daughter's information, contact information. Um, there are coaches, like you said, Rob, from all over the country, from coast to coast that are on there watching for recruits. Um, just looking for new athletes to add to their program from club level coaches that offer scholarships uh, to junior colleges in Oregon to Columbia University. If you want to go Ivy League, there are Ivy League coaches in there that can help you get into a program um, with an Ivy League club. So there are just all sorts of coaches in there looking for athletes that don't have rosters filled up yet so that's kind of the um the catch 22 here is i'm like begging to get people involved with this recruiting group meanwhile there are coaches that are needing to fill spots so the better we do uh getting the word out there the better we fill these spot these empty spots on these college teams all right time's getting a little short talk to me about the Ohio State Women's Wrestling Club. And I'm going to just admit something here. You know, we, we did a little interview last night at the state tournament with some of the girls and yourself. And um, I was enlightened. And here's why. Ohio State Men's Wrestling Club, I don't mean any disrespect to them at all because, honestly, I, am, I personally know um, one of the greatest wrestlers that he placed – runner-up at NWCA championship. He's from Ohio State Wrestling Club. I know him, and I know that I don't mean any disrespect, but what my, my point is, is when it's a club, to me, as a wrestling fan, it's you do the club because you're going to school at Ohio State, in this case, or, you know, Bowling Green has a club and all that. And you want to get on the mat and you want to roll around. You're, you're good. You're decent. You're, you still want to roll around and maybe you're going to enter into an open or something like that. But what I learned last night is this is not just a wrestling club. This is not just the girls that still want to roll around on the mat. Tell us about the Ohio State Women's Wrestling Club. Yeah, and for the most part, this applies to the men's club team, too. Um we essentially have the power to be as competitive as we want to be. The girls or the women's collegiate teams, rather, they enter in dual tournaments, open tournaments, just about anything they want to. Our only stipulation is we can't really enter into any um, invitationals. You know what I mean? Everything that we enter has to be an open, but I can enter an open tournament that's the same open tournament that Iowa goes to or um, Sacred Heart, it, you know, Columbia, any of the any of those teams, it will all be they'll all be there. So the level of competition for women is going to be really high. We're opting to kind of forgo that NWCA folk style national championship and do the U.S. Open um, world team trial route in Texas, and then this year it's in Vegas. But the competition level is super, super high. And with that being said, it is like the perfect segue to a varsity level program because um, so many of these athletes are going to have a pretty like rigorous schedule. And uh, the men's coach, the men's club coach even told me that he's had athletes move up from the club team to the varsity level program before. So that's kind of our goal here is to just um, make this pathway as accessible as it is for the men's team and hope and pray that they see that there is a huge need for this in Columbus. There is a need for a women's uh, varsity level team, a women's club team, I think that there is enough need to support both. 
Um, so we're just really looking to push that varsity level team and program. And we're going to start by handling our club team the same way I would envision a D1 women's wrestling program. So when I set out to do the budget and the schedule, I made that budget and that schedule the same way I would if that were a varsity level program. Um, I studied some like Sacred Heart, their schedule, Columbia, and we're we're just guns blazing. You know what I mean? Um, we're looking for competition. We're trying to get better. We want to beat the top dogs in the country. You know what I mean? We want those girls to come wrestle for us and uh, represent Ohio State Buckeyes. So that's kind of the the quick rundown about the club is uh, we're just not holding back. We, uh, you know, we know we have to do the work ourselves and we're willing to do it. So we're, we're prepared. All right. So to be clear, I, I have to make this elementary. Just for some of the coaches that are out there uh, in Ohio, this is freestyle. Mm-hmm. And newsflash women wrestle freestyle in college yes so although we know that the opportunity right now in in, you know in the national ranks um relies on the folk style setup for 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 girls and and they they wrestle folk style if you if you want to start at five years old you wrestle folk style until you're in college but you have to wrestle freestyle in college d2 tiffin freestyle Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, Lord's University, freestyle, hiring, freestyle, yep. and even everywhere that has a club. Like, um, so a lot of the Ivy League schools have all started clubs here recently. They're all freestyle. Everybody's just going to freestyle because it is the the way of the future with women's wrestling. Like, it's our Olympic style. It's our collegiate style. Um, there's a lot of talk about it becoming a high school style, but whether whether or not it does become a high school style doesn't change the fact that we need to learn it uh, if we're going to wrestle it in college. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was important to, to point out as we as as we uh, collectively as a male oriented sport start to think about other things like, wait a minute, okay, these girls have to wrestle freestyle. Here's the cool thing about it. I know in Central Ohio, especially. Um, there are girls freestyle clubs in the off season. And I hate to use the word off season because I know uh, as well as anybody, um, this is a year round sport you know, with yeah. beach and belt and, and all of that. Um, it's year round sport, Greco, everything. Um, but I know that there are freestyle clubs coming up, f- girls only freestyle clubs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help, you know, propel the sport forward. Yeah. Even at our local club that I coach at, um, we'll have Sunday practices that are girls only free, like freestyle Greco beach practices, you know? Uh, and I really like to eventually incorporate all that together and even do like whole freestyle Greco practices outside, you know, just where we like start our hand fight in the sand and kind of learn that different struggle of a hand fight and just add some different looks um, to our wrestling. But there are a lot of people, a lot of coaches that are really focusing on, like you said, that spring season. And I even knew like boys coaches in the area before within the last five years, they maybe they grew up doing like freestyle and Greco and then they got back into wrestling to coach. And now it's been like they've been coaching for five or 10 years and they're like, well, I never thought about freestyle, but now I want to start coaching freestyle, you know, so there are a lot of men's coaches that I think are going to um, get turned back on to freestyle and Greco. Maybe they did it in their youth, you know, maybe for a little bit and they liked it and or they were intrigued by it and they didn't learn enough about it. And they want to learn about it now that girls have to learn freestyle. Um, so it's definitely been interesting watching the the boys coaches get involved. They're pretty excited about it for sure. Yep, yep. All right. So what else do you have for us? Well, um you are a busy, very well involved woman in this in the sport of wrestling, especially in Ohio. Yeah, I I'm just really trying like I think the theme is opportunity here. Um 
I dealt with a lot of regret as a young adult in just my pathway with sport. And I don't want anyone else to go through what I went through. That's kind of my mission is just um, to get this word out and to break down some barriers. Going to college and being an athlete, believe it or not, is like really intimidating. And if you're not willing to sit down with these athletes as a coach and kind of talk about what those insecurities are and, and what they look like to the individual person, then you might have lost a potential collegiate athlete because sometimes it takes those intimate conversations to break down the worry um, to really be able to look past it and say, well, like, I know you felt that way, but college really isn't that way. You know, um, we, we just have to be willing to have those conversations as coaches. And um, I think that's why the recruiting thing is so special to me because I see that some coaches are missing that piece. And I don't know if I feel inclined to, you know, kind of pick up those missing puzzle pieces for some of these local girls that don't have anyone supporting them or what, but um, definitely willing to help out any coach that wants help, you know, any coach that is looking for some advice on how to get their girls into college programs, please reach out to me. I would love to help. Um, obviously, like you said, I'm really busy, but I will try to get in um, some texts and emails to get the ball rolling for them. But it is definitely going to take more people like me and you, though, to get the job done. That's for sure. Well, let's continue to tell that story, right? I know it's top of mind for us. And when yep. we see each other, you're always willing to hop behind the camera yep. and, and tell that story. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, your heart's in the right place and you can tell it. So Thank we're you, well, we're appreciative of having somebody like you that's willing to push push the sport forward not even in Ohio, but, you know, it's, it's going to, you are, uh, you, you're going to give some little girl somewhere an opportunity that you might not ever even find out that you did. So right. thank you. For sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Have a good one.